episode 70, Timberlecky. Welcome to the Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless, dragging down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Make sure you follow us also on Twitter at Awaken Your Alpha. Get to the podcast. Okay, guys, today we have a completely unique one. We haven't had uh, anyone like this alpha on the show yet. So we've got Timothy Bilecki on today. Timothy is a lawyer. Um, he's from Bilecki and Tipon uh, Aggressive Worldwide Court Martial Defense. So for my terms, as I understand it, he defends anyone to do who's in the military, who's been um, accused of anything. That is his specialism. We're going to talk more and more about that. He's based in Honolulu. Honolulu, Hawaii, even <laughs> defends US military service members facing criminal charges in military court. So again, very specialist. And uh, I'd suggest in life, it's good to go into a specialism because you're in more in demand. Uh, he travels worldwide to defend clients with a primary focus on cases in the Pacific Rim, including Hawaii, Guam, mainland Japan, Okinawa, and Korea. Primarily focuses on defending sex crimes, war crimes, fraud, international drug trafficking, and violent offenses. So I don't think he's going to be short of an interesting story or two. But firstly, Tim, are you ready to awaken your alpha? Yeah, I've been ready all my life, Adam. It's fantastic to be on the podcast. You have an amazing program with some amazing guests. So it's, uh, it's fantastic to reconnect with you all the way from Hawaii back to the UK and to chat again. So uh, I'm pumped up to be on the show. Brilliant. Um, and just to let everyone know, so this is, this is another one who I, uh, I met. There seems to be a lot of people who came on the show who I um, connected with at the bestsellers um, gala in Hollywood last September. And um, I connected with Tim there and straight away kept in touch. And he was one of the first people who said he'd definitely be on the show. But for whatever reason, both of us been busy. We've missed each other a few times. And with the time difference, because it's about nine o'clock in the evening, in Hawaii and it's almost 8 a.m. in the UK. Um, so it's just been back and forth. We knew it'd happen, but you were just telling me you've had a new addition to, to your family recently. I have, it's been a, uh, an amazing gift. <clears throat> our, our second son was born last Thursday, Alexander James Balecki. Um, he came three weeks early, so we weren't expecting it, Adam, and we were prepared for <laughs> We were prepared for the 16th of September. My family was coming out from Florida uh, out to help take care of the baby and uh, out here to Hawaii. The day before, I was actually in a jury trial, and we were supposed to be in court on Friday, but the judge wanted to push late into the evening and in the military. We don't stop at 5 or 6 o'clock. We just kept on going, and it was <laughs> nearly 11 p.m., and the jury finally came back with a verdict. And thankfully, for uh, my client and for the family and everything else, uh, they came back with a not guilty verdict, so we were done on Thursday night. Now, we were supposed to have gone into Friday. <clears throat> Friday was a normal day um, until about 8 a.m., and my wife started having contractions, and we were saying, really, is this is the baby coming now? It's three weeks early. And so we went over to the doctor, and the doctor took a look at my wife and said, you are in labor. Go to the hospital. And literally, <laughs> Adam, uh, two hours later, the baby was born. It, I mean, two. I mean, we talk about some people that are in labor for eight, nine, ten hours, but my son Alex wanted to, you know, come see us and be part of the world so quickly. Two hours later, the baby was born, uh, healthy, uh, six pounds, thirteen ounces, and uh, is just doing fantastic. So my wife and our, our son got back to the house on Sunday, just resting and recuperating, and I'm 
and as any parent would know, uh, living on about two, three hours of sleep and loving every minute of it. So yeah, it's, it's been uh, congratulations, you know. Yeah, and thanks, thanks. Well, even more. Thanks for taking the time to come on here. Um, like you say, it's, in them times, it's uh, every every uh, minute is precious, and you've obviously got to try and get your rest when you can. So <laughs> thanks for taking the time. No, it's great. I, I said it's great to reconnect, and always uh, always good to be on the show. Brilliant. Um, just to tell you guys a little bit more. So prior to launching his own practice, Tim was a member of the U.S. Army. Jag Corps, um, Lord is, is one of the best trial attorneys in the army. Um, it, lots of his cases, I mean, I just, there's so much, he's a great website and there's so much information that's on there, but some of his cases have been featured in Time, USA Today, um, New York Times, CNN, CBS Newsweek, Washington Times, is, they're just, this goes on and on, um, Forbes. So, it, I mean, it's a really special, I mean, when I first spoke to you, I was, I was fascinated because, you know, the fact that you said you was flying all around these places in, in that area of the world and specializing in this sort of type of case and you was, your background's in the army as well, or the military. Um, I'm fascinated. So, Tim, can you just tell us a bit about your origin story? Yeah, it's been, a, it's been an amazing journey. And anyone who knows me knows I, I love traveling. I love traveling the world and seeing different cultures and and really experiencing life and experiencing the world. <clears throat> I also love trying cases. I love being in front of a jury. I love telling my client's story of innocence and really being able to advocate for my client. Oftentimes, we are the last line of defense, is what I always say. We're the last line of defense against the government that's trying to put these clients, many of them who are innocent of the charges, in jail. And so this job, and I don't even call it a job because it's job entails you're working. Yeah. Um, and while it's a hell of a lot of work, if you're passionate about what you're doing, uh, it's really not. <clears throat> and so it allows me to travel the world. It allows me to get in front of juries and try cases and be a no kidding trial lawyer. And I get to defend service members. And I was uh, in the Army for eight years. Um, and, and so when you kind of take that trifecta, it is just an amazing job. Um, I, I use the J word again, but it's just an amazing uh, uh, profession to be able to defend these young men and women. But okay. it, it really started, yeah. you know, I grew up in Tampa, Florida, and I went to law school down in Miami. Uh, and my background was in finance and accounting. And I went to law school thinking I was going to be a corporate attorney. And God, if to be where I am now, billing hours, no offense to the corporate guys, um, but to be billing hours and doing the type of work, I'd probably want to throw myself out of a window. Uh, I couldn't even imagine it. But I went, to, I went to law school in Miami, and I worked for uh, now what I consider two of the great trial lawyers um, in America, Joel Hirschhorn and Brian Bieber. And they were uh, big-time trial lawyers. They did a lot of drug trafficking cases. And once I started working for them doing criminal defense, I just fell in love with that, Adam. The, yeah. I mean, they say the fact is stranger than fiction, and some of the stories I couldn't even make up. It was so exciting. Um, and the, you can immediately impact people's lives. And what, what you'll see is these, the, these defendants, um, they are, have their backs against the wall and they're putting their life in your hands. And you've got to take that burden and try their case because you, whether you win or lose is going to greatly impact their lives forever. Yeah, and you really are having beyond, that, that, yeah. That, yeah, that was a hell of a lot more exciting than, uh, than, doing, a corporate, than doing corporate taxes or mergers and acquisitions. Yeah. So I actually fell in love with that. I did that for my entire time during law school. And then after law school, I joined the Army. 
my father I was, was say, in the when army. The army to... come into it because yeah, that's it's yeah. He, I was uh, if that was before father... or after. Yeah. Or... Yeah, it was it was after law school, Adam, and uh, my father served in Vietnam, and I wanted to uh, uh, still serve our country. I mean, I, was, it was, some was that always the plan, Tim? You know, was that always sort of the plan uh, as you grew up? You know, I don't know if it was always the plan. Uh, it really wasn't. It's just when I was in law school, I was looking at all of my options, uh, and I could serve. I can serve the country. Um, I was going to be a lawyer in the army, and uh, it seemed like the right thing to do. It was a. It was a a pretty big opportunity. It was. It would have been a life changing. Actually, it was a life changing experience. So what, so what I, was that? I what sort of era was that when you joined the, uh, the Marines? Two, that was two, that was in uh, 2002. I joined the army. I graduated law school and joined the army in 2002. And uh, the end of 2002, I went through officer base, of course, in January of 2003. I was uh, so say, I spent that, eight years that, in the army. That was obviously quite recent after the uh, September 11th attacks. Did that have any? It, it was absolutely. It was. Yeah, I, I think. You know, I think it did. Um, you looking I'm back, just, and everyone. I'm just saying, from my point of view, I'm obviously all the way over in England, but I'm not even. I've always had a, an interest in joining the army over here, and around that time, I was like, you know, if it, it was quite motivating, you know, to get fully involved and try and try and do your part and help out, and so. That's why well, I just it's, it's a huge time. motivator, and it, <clears throat> it's a huge motivator, and it's it's a call to action. Yeah. And, it, and like I said, all, all the right pieces were in place at the time. It was it was the right decision at the time, and it's a decision I'll, I'll never regret. I mean, it, it allowed me to, you know, travel the world. I met some amazing people. I had great leadership. Uh, I learned a lot about myself. I learned about a lot about leadership. I learned a lot about other people, and and it really taught me a lot of the things I, I use today. Uh, in trying cases. I mean, I was able to, you know, I was uh, stationed forced in Texas. I went to Iraq. I went to Africa. I was stationed in Korea. I spent time in the Philippines and Thailand. Uh, I mean, traveled the world and it was just uh, you know, a fantastic opportunity. And the vast majority of that time, Adam, I did as a defense attorney. Um, okay. And because the army, they prosecute cases and they have defense attorneys and no different than in the, the American state court system. Uh, where if you are a defendant, you get appointed a free attorney, and that's who I was. I was basically the public defender of the army, and I did that for eight years, and I did it uh, all over the world. But in 2010, you know, I, I really saw an opportunity. I knew my <clears> – I'd done eight years in the army. I was ready to go. I enjoyed all of it, but I knew I had to move on. And so I saw this real opportunity where service members were stationed <clears throat> in – Korea, in Japan, in Guam, in Hawaii, and I think they needed access to better counsel than they were than they were getting to a real expert who could come out and try their case. Uh, and there were very few at the time civilian attorneys who did that. I mean, it's just a, such a niche market to defend service members. And so, you know, I resigned my commission in 2010 and figured if you're going to be a defense attorney, you, you ought to do it in a decent location. <laughs> you know, so I moved back to Honolulu. I moved to Honolulu, Hawaii, and opened up my practice. Uh, and at the time, I had uh, three things basically: I had a laptop, a, it had a, a laptop, a cell phone, and a dream. And, and, some, and a not much else. <laughs> yeah, and uh, not much else. And I grew the the practice grew beyond my wildest uh, imagination. So we grew it into a, uh, a huge business. And in four, and within four years. Actually, within less than that, we grew it into a seven-figure law firm. 
and we've kind of begun. I've since then I've merged with another attorney, Noel Tapon. Brilliant! I like the, the journey. The key point I picked out near the end as well is when he's like, oh, "Where am I going to live?" Hawaii. I was like, "Yeah, good call." I mean, that's one of the places I've been to a lot of countries, but I've never been to Hawaii. So if you're going to pick a place to live, um, this is not a bad place to do it, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a, an alpha or success quote that you like to live your life by on a daily basis? I mean, it, I got to say, I, I do always say you are the average of the five people you associate with most. And I think that's really important. Yeah. Uh, another saying uh, that a good friend of mine taught me is never let the grass grow under your, under your feet. And so never become complacent. Uh, never become, <clears throat> I guess, never become satisfied with what you have. And maybe that's a blessing and a curse, um, <laughs> but always want more. It, it, you know, and as soon as you think you've achieved one level of success, enjoy it and then try to achieve, achieve the next level. I, I don't want to be in a position, Adam, where I'm whatever age and look back and realize I didn't live life. Uh, and I think that's really important. And it's, we talked about this even before going on the program about having balance. I mean, if you... Yeah. You can make you know, a million bucks a year uh, or more, but if you spend every moment in your office, you have no family life, you have no friendship, yeah, that's, that's no funny. hobbies, <laughs> and, and, and you're not contributing to something bigger than yourself, then what are you doing? Hit the brakes and say, what am I doing to live my life? What am I doing to contribute to the greater good? You know, And how can I use the gifts that I've been given? Time moves by fast. Yeah, And before we know it, you're going to wake up and say, what the hell happened with my life? You've got two kids now, just like, like most two young kids like I've got. And little things like that, like taking stock of your life. Like I love to, with my, it comes, it, I mean, it, it comes round so quickly. But we're just like, oh, we need to, like, whenever we get a chance, like the kids off to the grandparents, let's just go and sit and have a coffee and just literally sit down and literally take stock. And we, tr we try and do that, like, quite often. But it, realistically, it's probably, like, every month at the most maybe every other month and this is someone you live with like obviously on a daily basis but there's always life's going on so it's nice to just sit down and we get out our diaries and we say like what's going on what are we doing where we just like literally take stock and uh to touch on your other your quote you had as well that straight away that made me think of one of my favorite quotes uh winston churchill success is never final yeah isn't that the truth and that is uh, that's absolutely correct uh, you know, and that's what you have to do. You have to have that balance. You have to spend the time, you know, if you have children, you know, anyone who knows me knows I love my kids more than anything in the world, you know, and if you're going to bring kids into this world, you have an obligation to parent them, uh, to mentor them, to educate them. And you have to take time to do that. Having a happy family, having activities, having health. Once you can put all that together, that's really living life. You know, that it's, I, I go back to it's not having $10 million in the bank. And that, that'd be great, and that's part of it. But you've got to have everything else around you, and you've got to have that gratitude and be grateful for what you have. Um, you know, because that's the people that are really happy, the real alphas out there, you know, are, are the guys who can balance, or the guys and gals who can balance everything. And, and some people look at it and say, how's this guy doing it? That's really important. And that, that's what I'm always striving for, Adam. You know, I'm always striving for that. Right, Tim, that's why you're on the show. I completely agree. And that's what I'm striving for. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners are as well. Um, this is our awakening moment type question. When did it all start to sort of fall into place? Or was there, it sounds like when you was, you was obviously doing your, before you went into the military and you came across that type of law and how exciting it was, but don't let me put words into your mouth. When did it all start to 
you know, go up a level. Where it really ratcheted, where it really ratcheted up is when I, I met one of my mentors and a great friend. His name is Michael Waddington. If there ever was an alpha, this guy's the alpha. Um, <laughs> he, he, does what I, he, he does what I do as well. Uh, he, he, he also runs a uh, company called 595. Uh, he does internet marketing for businesses, and he is uh, he is next to level. And he was out in when I was still in the army. He was he flew out to Korea, and we tried a case together. Actually, it was in Japan, and we tried a case together. And I was still a captain. He was a civilian attorney. And, and I looked at Mike, and I said, I can do what he does. You know, I really can. And I, I saw what he does, and I said, I can do this. Um, and I sat down with him and uh, we started talking and we immediately hit it off. And when I started coming up with, we kind of came up with a plan, you know, I wanted to get out and he was kind of, uh, didn't, was getting tired of, I guess, he lives on the East coast of the U S flying to Hawaii, uh, flying to Asia to do cases. And I basically sat down with him at a bar in Japan and we started talking this through and it was in Tokyo. I still remember it. And I said, why don't we pie off the globe? And I'm, I'm drawing a sketch of the, of the world on a napkin in a bar in Japan. No kidding. And I said, if we can pool our forces, I can take all of the cases that come in the Pacific. You can take the ones that come in Europe and the East Coast. And together, we can come and dominate this business. That way, you're not flying around the whole world. We can take up the globe, pie it off, and dominate. We started talking it through, and I was still on active duty. Um, and he helped me start my business. Now, I'll never forget that. He gave me a lot of mentorship and a lot of guidance. You know, I made that decision to resign my commission. That's what, and this is what uh, one of the, this is the topic I wrote about in the Dare to Succeed when I wrote, uh, co-authored the book with Jack Canfield. Now, this is the exact topic was how you make that decision to walk away from, you know, at the time the army was safe. Um, yeah. It was a, you know, a good job. I would have been had a, a guaranteed retirement in another 10, another 12 years. And it was about being bold and, and making the tough calls in life and not going the easy route and taking the risk. Everyone envies the reward, but no one takes the risk, right? They agree. always yeah. envy the reward and they say, well, how is, why does this guy have this? Why is he doing this? Or why is she doing that? But they're never willing to take the risk that there is to get there. And there was a monumental risk when I left the army. I go back to that uh, cell phone, a laptop, and a dream, because there wasn't much else beyond that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we built, I built the practice, coming up with that plan, taking the leap of faith, and executing. You know, that's what it's all about: is taking that leap of faith, having the confidence in yourself. You know, because you know, confidence is the backbone of success, right? Yeah. And so having that confidence and executing and moving forward. I wouldn't be on this podcast no. living in Hawaii doing what doing uh, one of the premier podcasts out of the UK. That wouldn't be happening. No, there you go. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, life can take some strange turns and opportunities open up, definitely. Um, sometimes, well, Absolutely. I usually ask about the Yoda, Yoda question, who helped inspire you in Awakening Alpha, but that guy sounds like that was, he was in the right place at the right time and really sort of, you connected with him. You know, again, it's seizing those opportunities and it's surrounding yourself with the winners. Uh, I mean, and, and Adam, you know, when, when you walk into a room, you know who the winners are. You just <laughs> know it. And, and you've got to emulate success and, and try to surround yourself with winners. Uh, and if you do that, you're going to be just fine. Uh, if you it. surround yourself with these life, life suckers and people that are pessimistic oh, and want to yeah. tear you down. You could spot them and, and as to, well. I've run from them. A, a, absolutely. 
it's terrible. You've got to, you've got to cut, you've got to cut yeah. them out of your life. I was going to say, even if you, you don't know? surround yourself with winners for anyone listening, just make sure you, yeah, avoid, yeah, the, <laughs> the soul suckers that, yeah, the, the energy drainers. Yeah. And all that, oh man, that will improve. Because they're, all, they're all, they're all around us. You can't yeah. go anywhere. They're all around us. <laughs> I do put effort into uh, yeah, avoidance in that, in that area, definitely. Tim, as I say, I am a newbie for this sort of stuff when it comes to anything to do with lawyers and law and all this sort of stuff. And like we spoke about earlier, that's a good thing. <laughs> like you said, if, if you can go through life If you can spend your whole life without ever dealing with a lawyer, you are ahead of the curve. <laughs> okay. You but, are well ahead of the curve. If it does happen, I would just be interested in just literally a, literally like a very, not an idiot's guide, but a literally a, some simple tips. If you do find yourself, unfortunately, in general, I don't know, accused of anything or involved in any kind of court case or anything like that, what would be some, you know, some key advice that from your point of view of, of what someone should do when they find themselves in that situation? Just some real basics. And most, all of the work I do is criminal. So if you're criminally accused, shut up. <laughs> don't, don't talk to law enforcement. Don't make a statement. Don't take a polygraph. Don't try to talk your way out of it. I don't care if you're innocent, if you're guilty, or if you're somewhere in between, you're not going to talk your way out of it. Be quiet. If you've got a story to tell, find a good lawyer. The lawyer will make your story better and be able to tell that to someone who can make a decision. All right? Because the reality is that most law enforcement officers, not all, most want to want to have you arrested and turn you over to the prosecutor's office and have you convicted. They're not out to look for the, They're not usually searching for the truth. They're searching to get a conviction. Yeah. Um, no one's. If you're suspected of something, you're not suspected of being innocent. All right. You're suspected <laughs> of being guilty. There's a reason you're suspected. Yeah. You're not going to talk your way out of it. So my first rule of thumb is be quiet. Don't make a statement at all. The second rule I have is don't consent to anything. If they ask for to search your phone, say no. If they ask to search your computer, absolutely say no. If they want to take your DNA, say no. Make law enforcement do their job and get a search authorization or a warrant. You know, you know laws are different in every state. They're yeah. different in the UK than they are in the US than they are in the military. But generally speaking, they if they have probable cause to believe that there is something incriminating on your phone or on your computer or in your car, make them get a warrant. Yeah. Again, they suspect you of being guilty and not suspect you of being innocent. Do it nicely. Do it politely. Don't be a jackass about it, but just refuse to consent to anything. All right. And if they have probable cause, they'll get their warrant and they'll move on. So that's the second thing. The third thing is, I hate to say it, because I said it earlier, if you can live your whole life without dealing with lawyers, you're better off. But if you're accused of something, now is the time to find an attorney. And I tell every client that I talk to, there are, uh, I'd say, too many lawyers out there. Find a good one. And yeah. Find a good one. And once you think you've found the top two or three lawyers in the field, sit down and or talk with them over the phone and make sure your personalities mesh up. Those are the, ba the basic things. Yeah. I, well, Tim, from my point God of view, big, don't, I would have yeah, found them first first two easily because like you say if, if i was accused of something and i'd be innocent i would uh, instantly i would i would just go blabbermouth like trying to explain why i'm innocent and i would have just blah 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 
I would have just talked and talked, tried to talk my way out of it. And again, because I'm innocent, yeah. I would have just said, oh yeah, look at my phone, look at my computer, yeah, come in my house, just on that. And like, it's, it's tricky. It's so counterintuitive. It's so counterintuitive because I think if I didn't do anything wrong, uh, you know, let them search, let them come in the house, but that's the wrong answer. Yeah. And if, you did, and if you did something wrong, and you know who I'm talking about, if you actually did something wrong, yeah. And by all means, don't you know, don't let them come into your house and search your phone. And, <laughs> uh, by all means, you know. And then the next question is: This is the next question I get all the time. Well, if I ask for a lawyer, isn't that going to make me look guilty? Better to look guilty than be found guilty, right? I, I, I'd I, rather, I'd rather. Yeah, because like rather rather people do get do get put away, and it does. I think that's. You know, I think generally good people assume that justice will work and you, you know, if you haven't done it, you can, it doesn't matter how you approach this thing, like the truth will come out. But obviously through history, we've seen if it goes badly, innocent people do get in trouble. <laughs> All the time. And especially, and, and even more so in the military, even more so in the military. When, when the military you know, accuses you of something, it, you've literally got a massive juggernaut has decided they're going, they're going for you. And obviously they they're the the person who's been accused apart from people like yourself having them out it's kind of they're the little guy and they're uh, on their own With, without a doubt you know you do not want the might of the u.s military against you whether it's uh, in in any capacity but you're right you're the little guy and they have all the cards they have all the power and one of the you've got to bring in someone that can level the playing field and, and match them with firepower and to give you a a chance at winning because at the end of the day, uh, if you lose, if you if you go to a trial and you lose, you're going to go to jail. And most of my clients are facing prison times of 10, 20, 30 years. It is scary to be accused of something, whether you did it or you didn't. And what I found is most of my clients, and this is no BS here, uh, did not commit the, the crimes they've been charged with. And, you know, what have uh, the military is famous for blowing things out of proportion yeah. and over overcharging their client the, the, the accused and if we use a number scale on a one to ten uh, if you committed some act that was a level two they're going to come in and charge you with a level ten and then the consequences could be could be devastating that's really the start of our alpha round to kind of to finish we get advice and then we'd really like to follow that with <laughs> we talked about this earlier so i'd be interested if anything has different has popped to mind a book recommendation or a, a magazine recommendation. It's up to you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to up the ante. You know, I've heard some outstanding book recommendations I've, uh, on some of your previous shows. I've actually got a couple of the books. But I'm going to up the ante and go with Top Gear magazine, okay? <laughs> um, no, one else is, no one else is going there. If you can't go listen to Jeremy Clarkson blathering on about cars, that's where you – and that's – there is great information. There's good humor. There's good anecdotal information. Um, and if you're an alpha, you need a nice car. That's the bottom line. <laughs> top Gear Magazine, taking it to the next level. Oh, man. I know we're messing around, but yeah, it's a good show. I can watch Top Gear back to back. And I've never read the magazine, but um, mind you, whenever you turn on the TV, I think wherever you are in the world, I think you could probably find Top Gear on one of the channels. It's, it's everywhere. I like cars, but I'm like not... I, my technical knowledge, I'm not like a massive petrol head or anything, but I do like watching Top Gear. <laughs> Always have. Yeah, my, my, my wife uh, loves Top Gear. She barely, she barely knows how to drive. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> kindly. 
And uh, it's it, it, it's just a great show. Whether you're like I said, whether you're someone like me and is a, a total petrol head or, or not, um, it's a great show. Coming from your military background and all you've managed to achieve, and that you sound it sounds like very sort of systematic, like you know, section off areas of the world and making your decision, taking action, moving to Hawaii. Is there a, like a pro- productivity resource that you use or something you do? really keeps you on the straight and narrow. I, I do. I, don't, I wouldn't say it's a productivity tool. Uh, yeah. Maybe it is, but it's just a habit. And I, and I think people I, I think people use it all of the time. It's, it's so simple. You know, I, it, in the morning after I – well, actually, the first thing you need to do is stop checking email when you wake up. Oh, because yeah. if, you, if the first thing you do is you're checking your email when you wake up, you're on someone else's time and on someone else's schedule. Yeah, and what's going to happen is all, so much all of the things that you, you need to accomplish are never going to happen because you're going to work on someone else's agenda and someone else's schedule. So when I get up, you know, I, I make sure the kids are ready to go and get up. And when I'm having my cup of coffee, uh, because like I'm a petrol head, I'm a caffeine addict too. And I kind of well, really think, what do I need to get, what do I need to get done today? And I write down usually the, the two or three things I need to do today, not tomorrow, not the next day. And they're usually the things that I've been putting off and don't want to do. And then I write, I, you write it down because for me, it's something about writing it down. I write down, what do I want to accomplish this week? And what are my big picture goals? You know, what are they? Yeah. You know, and one of mine uh, last week was empire building. You know, it's like a Walter White, right? <laughs> um, it, you know, they asked him in the quote, are you in the meth business or are you in the, the drug business? And Walter White answers, I'm in the empire business, you know. Um, <laughs> so I wrote that. I, I, I like the quote. I love Breaking Bad. You know, it's a great, uh, it was a, one of the best television shows ever. And, and one of the things I wrote was empire building. And I do my damnedest to cross off those things I need to do today. Once I've done that, I've got the things that I need to get done for my own personal success, for my own business. Then I'll check the email and see what needs to get done. And that way you're always working on your schedule and not someone else's. You know, because people have these lofty goals and these dreams, but they never take any actionable steps. And so I'm whether, you know, I always want to be moving forward and going back to what we said earlier, of not letting the grass grow under your feet. Mm-hmm. So those, I do that every single day. It's just a matter of not being distracted and don't multitask and try to do, if you try to do five things at once, you're going to do five things half-assed. Yeah. You know, just do one thing and get it done and move on to the next. Who do you think I should interview next or very soon? I wonder if you had a couple of recommendations for us because Number one, I really want to, the guy who was helped awaken your alpha, who you talked about earlier when you was thinking about Mike Watt- military. What's his name, sorry? Michael Waddington. Uh, he's, he's brilliant. I mean, he's, Mike's the next level type of guy. Love it. Is there anyone else who springs to mind? It could be um, a well-known person, under the radar person, or some, maybe someone you don't even know, but just someone you'd like to listen to on the show. I, I want to see Lewis Hamilton on your show to talk about uh, his battle with Nico Rosberg. So I, I want I want I want you to get Lewis Hamilton on the show. Lewis Hamilton, <laughs> I'm on it, on it. So if anyone's listening, <laughs> got any contacts for Lewis Hamilton or know him or if he's their friend, give me a shout and uh, <laughs> hook me up. <laughs> I want to see I want to see the driver for uh, Mercedes AMG on the Alpha podcast. I want to see it. That's what I want to see. Brilliant. Okay. Awesome. Tim, thanks for taking the time and, uh, you know, taking the break between changing, well, changing nappies and being (laughs) 
being woken up all through the night probably at this stage, but um, really appreciate it. It's been, it's been great. Next time you're out in Hawaii, let me know. And next time uh, I'm in London, I'll, uh, we'll go out and we'll definitely have to uh, go to the pub and get a beer or three. Oh, definitely. No, I look forward to it. I know you, you, you've, you're very, uh, you fly about a lot, but yeah, when you make it over this way, definitely. That'd be brilliant. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. So I'll let, I'll let you know when I'm heading towards uh, your neck of the woods. I'm, I've, I've got a trip out to Europe in November coming up. So. Ooh. Check out this fantastic podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my bag. If you'd like to sponsor an episode or you think you'd be a good alpha to feature on the show, get in contact through the Facebook page, through Twitter, and get in contact with us. Or you might just want to recommend someone you'd like to hear on the show. Either way, get involved, make contact, and we will speak to you very soon. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless.